Welcome back. Welcome back, man. It's the hard report. We're here again. As we said again, we're always going to be here. We're always going to be talking about all things basketball. Ready to get into the midst of the playoffs. As you know, playoffs have been going on. A lot of heated matchups, a lot of things to talk about. So I'm going to shoot it off to the boys to make sure they introduce themselves properly before we dig deep into this. So Kev, how you been? How you been, man? What you been up to? It's good to be back. We have a lot of conclusions. So I'm serious. So I have to get into it. Um, the Raptors are back, man. Are we? Let's... Uh, yeah, yeah back. back back to uh, doing what? <laughs> I'll leave back to being what being what we've always been. But uh, that's tough. We'll get into that. Chris, talk to you. How you been, man? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I was straight. I was straight until I seen that game yesterday uh, with Siakam, and I and I'm just I'm still in the process of figuring out his trade value, but I'm sure in 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 you know future podcasts I'll get that down pat. But let's talk about it. So we might as well talk about it. it seems like everybody has that number one on their agenda. Uh, for those of you, for those of you that don't know, the Raptors are now down two zero in the series after losing one hundred two ninety nine to the Boston Celtics, and it's not looking good. It really isn't looking good, guys. Our team is looking messy. Um, I don't know if we have the firepower. And again, this goes back to what I said in an earlier pod. I just don't know if we have that firepower, right? Like, I don't know if we have the firepower to go against a team like Boston with four guys that legitimately give you twenty, and it's just not looking good. Like, I don't know what you guys think. Like. I, even in our in in our better games, like I feel like Boston has always had the better of us, especially this season. They do have the winning record in the season series, but like just even as of late, like we just haven't been looking good. What are you guys up to? What do you guys think? Uh, all right, so I'll take the ball off rip, right? And I just want to say, first of all, it's not it's not that we can't compete because we can compete. That game was extremely competitive, and we should have won the game, right? They were up say, I think, 10 points in going into the fourth quarter. And if it wasn't for, you know, Marcus Smart catching whatever he caught, hitting five threes, five for five from deep in the fourth, and then obviously Cardiac Campbell put us to bed. Cool. I'm not going to take anything away from from the Celtics, especially not a guy like Jason Tatum, because he also, he's a legit bona fide star, and he's about to be a superstar. And he's on his way. So I'm not taking anything away from the Celtics because we know what type of team they are. But what I am going to do is I'm calling out Siakam and I'm calling out Nick Nurse. I'm calling out Siakam because he sucks. Plain and simple. A couple podcasts ago, I told you he's playing like dog shit. And that was, that was, that was flattering for him because now I'm saying to him, like, now it's like, what are you even out there doing? I was looking at Nick Nurse to bench the guy. It, it got to that point. I was there saying there's no reason why the ball should be in Siakam's hands. No reason at all. If Marcus Smart is going to stand you up in the post, you shouldn't have the ball. You shouldn't. Because I don't know what you're out there for. He can't shoot. Yesterday he went, what, 6 for for 14 or whatever? He went, no, 6 for 16. I was even being kind. 6 for 16. What am I doing with that? A year ago, Siakam wasn't missing if he was in the lane. Now he's smoking legs. Now he's smoking legs. And Nick Nurse repeatedly put the ball in his hands down the stretch and went in the post con- the, 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 the press conference and said that, you know, I, I thought Marcus Smart fouled the shit out of him. No, be a man. You're 6'9", fam. You're 6'9". Okay. But let me add a little context here. Granted, we understand who Marcus Smart is. We're not talking about some run-of-the-mill shooting guard that just got lucky one day. He is a legitimate defender, top five in the league probably. And on top of that, this is my only issue, and this has been my issue with the Raptors, is... What different? What what do you expect Nick Nurse to do when that's been the game plan all year? Like you know what I mean? Like again, yeah, we we have contributions oh, from Lowry. We have no 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 no. That's no, been no. the game plan. 
No, 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 no. But the game plan wasn't always that we have to live or die with Siakam. He's he wasn't that type of guy. I'm not Nobody saying that, but the game plan no, was that he said he was our best player. Did. But no, no, it's the difference between a person being your best player and a person being your absolute go-to no matter what. When we watched the Denver and Utah game, it it did not matter how cold or hot Donovan Mitchell was. He's getting the ball because he's the absolute go-to for the Utah Jazz. That's not the case with us in Siakam. It's just not. But how is that you going to say that when he's been our leading scorer all year? I just told you the difference. Maybe Kevin can inform you of the difference. There's a no, difference no, no, between no. But I understand player. what you're saying. That, but what, okay, for instance, like you, you would say, okay, how some people debate that Gobert is the best player in Utah. You're saying that a go-to player is different than the best player. That may be true, but what I'm saying in this particular situation, the go-to player has been our best player because he's averaging the most points on our, on, on our team. We've been funneling no. the offense through him. No. We fun- he's no. been an no, all-star. No, 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 no. We funnel the offense. He gets the most touches because he's the best player. But I'm talking about when we need a bucket. We don't funnel the not- offense through him. You know, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. When we need a bucket, it doesn't have to be Siakam. That's 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 what I'm trying to have you understanding. No, no, I understand. I'm saying okay, maybe in the clutch, he might not necessarily be the guy getting the ball. But I'm saying so why, the course so why of was the he game. Getting, so no, no, no. But so why in the fourth quarter did he have the ball every single time in the fourth, creating the action? Because that's he's problem. still one of our primary scorers. Right, see, now you're not understanding what I'm talking about. So take it away, Chad. bro. I All just right. don't understand how we're gonna look at a guy other than Siakam to say okay, Siakam's playing poorly. You take the lead when Siakam's been that. Not that guy, but he's been the primary scorer on our team all year. All right. Man's know how I felt about Siakam from jump, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. I told you he was a fraud, and now he's showing us. For me, I'm looking at the Raptors, and it's just, we're just back. This is, in essence, who we've been for the past half a decade. The team that every year tells you things are different. And then when we get to the playoffs, it's not. And it's crazy how much one year can change things and make you forget this exact feeling but it just feels like shit and now going into next season we're gonna get told the same bullshit again things are gonna be different you know this time is different something happened last year we're probably gonna hear how players wanted to leave because of what happened um and that may be the excuse and i'm just i'm i'm smarter than that at this point i'm a smarter raptor fan at this point i know what it is it's clear that Kawhi made us who we are. Siakam's not that guy. He's been masquerading as the number one uh, for the entire season. And he's shown us who he was from all of 2020, the year 2020. So I'm just looking at things like this is, it's back to the status quo for us. I'm going to take my championship and remember that forever. And, you know, that's it. I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Kev. But this is all I've been saying. And I've been saying this for a while now, is that, I don't, again, I never, I ne- I've been saying for a while, I don't think Siakam's number one. He's excelled as a number two. We know that. But my, I guess my qualm is I don't understand what other alternative we had. <laughs> if Siakam's not playing well, what, what, what's the alternative? Like, do you know what I mean? And I, he again, hasn't that, playing well since this, he hasn't been playing well since December and we've been winning, winning games. When he yeah, sat been, out for the growing injury, we've been winning games. So yeah, and what, I, and what I was said the alternative? The pod, hold on. I said it in the pod. I feel like the Raptors as an organization have reached a level where, we don't need any single player to play well for us to win yes. in the regular, in the regular, regular season. season. In the regular season. Because but what I'm saying is, even if that's the case, and I agree, we don't need that, but I'm saying the, our style of play has never been relying on one man. But playoff basketball is. That's the difference. Playoff basketball, for the, historically, when it shakes down you, to it, you need that guy. <laughs> 
That's it's just it's, what it is. It's, it's not even but I'm not, one I'm man. Not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not disagreeing with that. It's not even one man. It's just that you need that guy. It could be two men, but if they're both that guy, then you're fine. But we don't even have one of them. And again, we're kind of on this pod looking to Van Vliet just as a just as a beggar brief thing, just begging, <laughs> hoping he can become that guy. And it's clear he's not, because now now the undersized five eleven point guard that we were praising up and down really looks like a five eleven undersized point guard. And it sounds stupid to say that, but as a Raptor fan, if you're watching, he really looks like what he is now. And it's, it doesn't look good going forward. Because to me, okay, we were down 2-0 last year. First of all, we were on the road playing in actual NBA arenas. So for game three and four, we came back home. This year, we're just down 2-0. And we don't have Kawhi Leonard. And... We're kind of looking at it and saying, we don't even have the Pascal from last year. And that's all it is. So I'm curious to see where Masai goes from here. In my opinion, it's been real, but a lot of you guys aren't coming back. Unless you're on the books for next year, that's what that's, it is. That's what it looks like because we know Masai has shown me in the past that he's not afraid to pull the trigger when necessary. Like I feel like he has enough foresight to understand that the ceiling for this team is nowhere near last year's. And this playoff series is, is showing it. And again, we should have felt. We should have dealt Pascal for that in that Paul George deal. We should have gave up every single pick that we could to keep Kawhi Leonard and add Paul George. But it's hard to say that coming off a chip. Like I feel obviously, like... no, no, no. Obviously, this is in hindsight. I'm not saying now that you should have done that. Um, but that's just I'm looking back at how how things have shaken out. And my biggest thing is right. Chris got on Pascal. His contract extension extension hasn't even kicked in yet. Mm, that is a, that's a very big. So fact. now Amen. we kind of we. It took us a while to find out that DeRozan was a fraud. We're talking about like <laughs> six years in. This is like his second contract. He's probably uh, two years left on his deal. When we finally figured out, like at the absolute core, he is a fraud. Now we found out before his contract extension kicked in. So I'm kind of strapped in, saying this is about to be a long ride. Honestly, hey man, I'm gonna enjoy watching uh, Fred VanVleet for the Knickerbockers next year. Go get your money, King. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But nonetheless, Raptors have to really step it up, man, because it's not looking good. And Boston, Boston's performing well. So we'll see what happens in the upcoming days to see whether or not we can pull out a game if two. Let's make it competitive, man. As long as it's not a sweep, I'm cool. Um, moving forward, I, I guess we'll get into one of the more interesting series. Uh, it's still a first-round series, to be honest. That's shocking in that of itself. Um, we have the Rockets against the Thunder, tied three-three in the series with the with the Thunder beating the Rockets one hundred four one hundred in the last game. Um, CP three really showed me something down the stretch, and again, I'll give him credit just because I didn't think I I, I didn't think CP three had that in him at this age. Like obviously, I knew what he is as a leader and he can galvanize the team, but in terms of like just going out there straight up and dropping twenty eight points when needed, I don't think I've seen CP done that since like what. What was that series he went against Utah and put it out there in the backs when he was on the clips? I feel like that was the last time I really seen it from CP3 from like a scoring perspective. Nah, but, against Golden State when he tore the hammy, that's when he had a, he had that team on his back. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. I guess I forgot about that because he did tore the hammy and I just kind of chalked it up as an L boy. I don't know. I just feel like CP3 is really showing me something, right? He's he's showing the Rockets something at that. Like he's saying, you really shouldn't trade me. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me just say let me just say something real quick, right? So. Shout out to CP and CP is a lot like Jimmy Butler in the sense that 
there's certain guys where they may not be able to carry you throughout the entirety of a game, but if the game is on the table to be grabbed and to be won, those guys are grabbing it. And it's, it's the same thing CP said. Some guys are built for this, for, for those type of moments, and he's definitely one of them. Jimmy Butler is another one of them where they may not be able to carry you throughout the game, but when it's time, it's they'll recognize that. Secondly, I think that Russell Westbrook, not to say that he he came back for the last two games and he's been dog shit the last two games. The second game that he came back, his numbers look better than the first game. But the problem is that he has so much boneheaded errors, especially we all know the last play that dash he basically dashed for the game. And, but the, and the air ball before that. But the thing is, my thing is that, you know, James Harden has to be the guy to say, Russell, no, I'm I'm going to bring the ball up. I watching that I just didn't understand why it wasn't James Harden with the ball in his hands and I get that he doesn't want to you know he doesn't want to seem like you know the Kobe type of narrative or the Michael Jordan narrative where you know I I can't play or I can't be coexistent with another star because he he broke down with Dwight Howard that's fair he broke down with CP so maybe he's trying to say you know I'm gonna give up more of the leash here and I'm gonna you know try and be more whatever it is but it's not working it's your team you know what I'm saying? We all know you're the best player on that team and you should have the ball in your hands. And I expect in game seven, which is coming up tonight, it's going to start in an hour of us recording it right now. I expect James Harden to, you know, fully take control of the game tonight and win. All right. Chris, if you watch that play, every time I watch that play, everyone's wondering why Harden didn't get the ball. I watched that play and Harden went to go get a screen to get a switch, to get Lou Dortz off of him to then get the ball back. That's the way I see, that's how I saw that play work. He was going to get the mismatch, and Russell Westbrook just kept going. If you look at Harden, he's even confused at what the hell Westbrook is doing because he was going to set a screen on Russell's man to get that soft switch, to get mm-hmm. Lou Dortz off of him. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't even want to have the ball in Russell's hands, period. Like, just, just, just come up with the ball and then do the switch. You can, you can do it. You can do the switch. Yeah, with I, I know, but I'm not, again, I just don't think it was a situation where you're saying, all right, Russell, deal with that. But to... Here's I'm going to spend all my time on Chris Paul. Listen, I'm a Chris Paul guy, and they tried to write him off. And here we are again. He keeps doing this, right, where OKC has become better than the sum. Like, as a sum, they've become way better than the the individual talents on this team. And they're pushing this team to seven games. And I'm looking at Chris Paul and saying, all right, to me personally – this is your NBA Finals because this team obviously doesn't get past the Lakers. And you've already ex- excelled enough with this team. But now you gave yourself a chance to go out and win Game 7. And it just speaks to how good of a game manager he is. Again, the points, the clutch points, he's been doing that all season. But the intangibles, if you watch and you pay attention to what he's doing out there, the way he's managing the fouls, the bonus. That last play, he leaves P.J. Tucker in the corner and sprints to Robert Covington, which causes that turnover. There's no steal on that play. You don't get any stats for that. But I saw it, and I watched it, and I know he's been doing this for his entire career. And I have all faith in him going into this, into this game. I don't have faith in Russell Westbrook. And I don't have faith in James Harden. I've seen James Harden with his back against the wall. I've seen 14 turnovers dribbling the ball off your foot. Yeah, that, would, seen, that wouldn't surprise me. Like, if he wets the bed tonight, I've that seen, wouldn't surprise me. I've seen Westbrook put up 45 shots in a game and hit, like, Oh, five I remember that. <laughs> right? I remember that. I've seen this before. Chris Paul, as much as people call Chris Paul a loser, I don't really have, to my memory, I can't really think of too many times where his play has failed him. 
a lot of times it's been injury, but I'm talking about his individual play has ever failed. So I'm putting my bets on him tonight. And again, Rockets are still going to be favored. They still have the better team, but there there are intangibles in this game that you cannot quantify. And age doesn't dwindle those. So at 35 years old, he's still one of the best players that you want on your team to go win one single game. That's, Here's that's my a thing, fact. though. Here's but... my thing, though, Kev, right? So, like, with the backs against the wall, right, are you taking intangibles or are you taking talent? Because it sounds like you're taking intangibles over talent. No, no, no. There's there's talent mixed in. I'm not just talking about – it's not like I'm just saying I'm taking Andre Iguodala or over over James Harden because Iggy's hit big shots. I'm taking Chris Paul, a future Hall of Famer, one of the top players ever at this position. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. Because See, my thing is, like – go ahead, Robs. No, nah, I was just going to say this, like – when I'm looking at this series, like, what I'm thinking is, like, first of all, like, at what point is Russell Westbrook going to change his mentality? And he may never be, he may never be the guy to realize that I need to change my ta- mentality to win. But when I seen that play, I just said, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't think Russell Westbrook is one of those guys that knew, knows his role. He didn't know his role when he was on OKC and he was with Durant, and he doesn't know his role now. It, well, like, okay. I just don't know what to make of nah, that. Like, nah, I, nah, nah. I, hate, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that's that not. narrative because we're acting like we're not talking about a first ballot in his own right. Okay, you know, I understand what do you know his role? Again. Yeah, like, again, we're talking like, about the first ballot. What, okay, no, no. When I say like, knows, Harden was screaming for the ball. And I'm not saying, no, 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 I'm not saying that. But, that, again, this goes back to my point. You could be a first ballot Hall of Famer, All-NBA player, yes and yes and yes, but at the end of the day, you still should know that the ball has to go to James Harden. And even if it doesn't have to go to James Harden, that shouldn't be the play. And I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to deceive, to make that out, right? But again, Westbrook is seems to me like one of those type of guys where he's always in his own mind. Looks like he always is going to make that play. And again, at what point are you going to change mentality, your mentality and realize? Because the ball should go to James Harden. We know that. And even if it doesn't go to James Harden, it, that's not the play. <laughs> we know that. That is true. But my issue is I don't want to turn this into a Russell Westbrook thing because this series is 2-2 before he comes back. But the reason why I say that is because if you look at how Houston has changed their entire dynamic of the team to complement Russell Westbrook, like, if he's the one that's going to be selling the game like that, like, what's the future really hold? You know what I mean? Well, no, because, listen, you take the good with the bad with a guy like Russell Westbrook, right? So, like, we can't that's, – that's what I hate when, when people look at Russell and they say, oh, like, he, he should know he has to defer to Kevin Durant or he has to defer to Paul George. But, like, we're talking about a five-star player. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and he's the point guard. He has the ball in his hands. Yeah, that's, so, like, yes, I'm, that's like PG I'm not... making the decision to go and put up a shot and man's looking at him like he's like he's nobody. Yeah, like he's like, oh, no, what are you doing? It's supposed to be Kawhi Leonard. Like, at the end of the day, like, he is a point guard and you have to live and die with, like, the decisions that comes to Russell Westbrook. See, we know the package. I agree with that to some extent, though. But I just feel like there's a difference when we're talking about a top five player versus, like, a top 15 player. I just feel like if you have a guy like Steph, Kawhi, Harden, and I, maybe LeBron, and maybe someone else, right? Arguably top five player in the league. I just don't feel like there's much of a discussion when it comes to a player like that, knowing where you are in the series and what's on the line, right? And if he doesn't have the foresight to realize that, like, I don't know what we're talking about. Like, and I don't know if, that, if, the, if the combination works at that point, right? And again, I don't want to harp on him because, again, Russell Westbrook is still Russell Westbrook, but... Like their backs against the wall, and if this if this doesn't work, I don't know what the Houston Rockets look like moving forward. Well, what I do know is Russell's gonna come into the t- into today swinging. He's not gonna go down like a hole. Like he, we know that. His I'm play, looking. His palms aren't I'm, sweaty. Yeah, like yeah, like he, he he's not gonna be scared. So I know he's gonna be he's gonna be active. He's gonna be the Tasmanian devil that we know him to be. I'm looking at James Harden, bro, because yeah. I've been telling you guys, I've been saying this religiously. 
he's a choker. I, I, we have this argument all the time. I do not trust James Harden. And here is another instance where he's in a position where he's supposed to win. If James Harden doesn't win, I'm going to just add it to the list. I'm, I'm going to just slide it into the list. Here's That's all my, I'm going to say. Here's my thing. Right? With James Harden, here's the difference between Russell Westbrook and James Harden. I've seen, I've seen James Harden disappear, meaning Kevin Durant injures his, his uh, calf slash Achilles, whatever it is. And then I don't see James Harden shoot a shot in the fourth quarter in two games. Seen? I see Russell Westbrook with his back against the wall. At least he's swinging. At least he's putting up 40 shots as opposed yeah, to he's not being able to find James Harden. And to be honest, if we're going to talk about which one would you rather, I'd rather that guy than the man that I can't find, that I'm out there looking for him on the court. But again, obviously James Harden's a better talent. He should have the ball in his hands in that situation. And I think they both share some blame with him not getting the ball. But again, this comes down to CP3. Because he's going out there and winning these games. With no Shy. Shy's been coming up small, man. God yeah, damn. Yeah, Shy's been coming up so small, fam. And and even like, last game shooter, he didn't even really shoot the ball that well either. So I'm just saying like... Shout out to Gallo too. But the game before, Gallo at the bed. So I'm saying like, is OKC going to be able to get the collective talent or group together in a game seven of this magnitude? Because that's what they're going to need. Yeah, here's the thing. So, here's the thing with this series, right? OKC has nothing to lose. They've already far exceeded expectations. For me, if I'm if I'm Shea, if I'm Dennis Schroeder, if I'm Gallinari, I have absolutely nothing to lose. Realistically, the only person on OKC with something to lose here is is CP3 because he's on the revenge tour, right? He has something he has something hanging on this, just a pride and ego saying I beat this team. Those other guys have absolutely nothing to lose, so I hope they're going to that game saying, all right, fuck this, this is this is the same as game one. I'm hooping. Yeah. Rockets, on the other hand, their entire franchise is based on this one model they created. And if they get, if they lose this, D'Antoni's fired. Yep. And then now you're yeah, left Yeah, but he's, no he's gone, right? I think D'Antoni's gone even if they get the finals appearance. That, that's, what? That's, what? No, no, no. I, it's not impossible, but there's obviously a difference here. And I don't know where they turn. OKC's playing with house money. They've already done enough. So I expect them to come out like, this is basketball still. OKC with James Harden, I can't tell you the same thing. Hold on, quick question, quick question. I have to address it. Why do you think that Tony's fired if, they, if even if they make a finals appearance? Because you, when was the last time you see a coach like Mike D'Antoni go into the final year of his contract without an extension? They don't want him there. It's if they very, wanted him there, he would have been there. Comebacks, exactly. No, I, I, if they I'm wanted not, him there, he would have been there. If they wanted no, to no, extend no. him, they would have extended him by now. But I think, I think, okay, I'll say this. That That is fair, right? Usually they do get the contract extension in the last year. But again, I feel like everything's on a trial basis. They wanted to see how the small ball thing worked. But I just feel like if he makes the finals, like I just don't see how it's an automatic you're gone. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that's not way... a possibility, but I don't understand how that, no. how was that definitive answer the, saying, oh, I, the only The only way I see D'Antoni staying is if he wins a championship. If that doesn't happen, in my belief, he's gone. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I, I feel like if he makes a finals, that, that's not necessarily a clear-cut decision. But nonetheless, we'll, it's all up for the uh, debate anyway. We'll see because they might not even make it that far if CP comes out there and, and deals with them quickly. So, um, yeah, we still got two more matchups to talk about. So I think it's about time we take our first break and then we'll get back into it. Uh, we're going to get into the Utah, well, the Murray Mitchell show. And then we're also going to talk about the Bucks heat. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after our first break. We back, we back, we back, we back, man. Let's get into it. Not trying to waste no time. Um, I want to save the Mary Mitchell show for after. So I think we should just get into the Bucks heat. 
um, who are currently playing right now with the Heat up 72-62 and also up 1-0 in the series. I'll just say this off the top of my head. Like, I said this many pods ago. You guys can go look that up if you want any receipts. The Heat are one of those teams where even if they don't have the high top-end talent, they come prepared. <laughs> they don't make mistakes. They play defense. They move the ball. A Bro, Spursian, what? huh? What? What do you mean? You're going to disrespect me like that? Okay, obviously, we know your wild take. I know you've been on that side. I'm just saying for myself. I've been saying... I, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't oh, have to... I to take credit like that? No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. no, no, no. Hear oh, me like out. trying to run off with your pies. No, no, no. Don't hear me out. I, I still have the Bucks winning the series. I'm just saying that you can never count the heat out. They always come prepared. They always play defense. They move like a real Spursian type of team. So... Hey, yo, let me just say this quickly. This is... The, what the Heat are doing right now... This is what I this is what I thought you know what we're gonna see out of Toronto like we don't have that clear cut guy, um, but we come together as a collective and we play great as a team and we give ourselves a chance to win every single night. But it looks like you know the difference is that they have Jimmy Butler and we have Siakam. But I'm gonna just leave it at that. I don't know. I just feel like this Miami team. I don't. I again, I'm not pegging them to win the series. I feel like the Bucks are still gonna pull it out. But like they're come prepared. They are not playing around. They came out the gate. Shots firing. Don't play around. I'm here to take this dub. And if you're not ready, you're gonna get exposed. That's the type of energy they're on. Some black Air Force energy. <laughs> Tell if me. you didn't if you didn't listen to the last pod, I took the, the Miami Heat in six. So don't let Rob's act like he I still he have the Bucks won. winning. I still have the yeah, Bucks yeah, winning. But the start of your the start of your little soliloquy didn't sound the same. Might as well let me finish. Fam. So <laughs> let me talk let me expound a bit better, a bit more, because I said at the end of the pod I didn't get to explain. Here's my here's my thing. Here's what I felt like the Miami Heat separates us. One, Jimmy Butler. I know Jimmy Butler is that guy. He's done it before. I don't think we have that guy. Second, when I look at this team, you have shooters all around. My The Milwaukee defense is predicated on giving up that three-pointer and keeping you out the lane. Second, I'm looking at this series, and I'm looking at they gave Iggy bare money because he does one specific job very well. And that is taking other players out of the game. And he's perfectly built, along with Jimmy Butler and Jay Crowder, to, to remove Giannis. And one thing this series has showed me, and also the Raptors series, is playoff basketball, right? In basketball, when, when it really comes down to it, the talent gap in who really gets it done and who doesn't is completely different. Because when a team can sit down, when you're the first name on the scouting report, as Giannis is, as Pascal is now, you're playing a completely different ballgame. It's a fact. It's and getting that twenty-five points a night on forty-five percent shooting becomes ten times harder. And the guys who are truly elite in this game get that's it when done. you gotta. That's when you gotta dig into the Duffy a little deeper. You gotta go elbow deep in the Duffy. Right, that, and those and again, I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at Giannis right now, and he he does, he has no ability to put it on the floor. He's starting too high as a player that needs to get into the lane. He has to start from the three-point line try and work his way, cross his way over into the lane. And they're just loading up the box. They're loading up the box and just making it extremely hard for him to do anything. And once he kicks out, they're getting to the shooter. And after him, I don't trust Middleton. We couldn't find him second half last game, although we played really well in the first half. And we saw what Jimmy Butler did. I don't expect that to continue. But here's my thing with Miami. You don't need Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson to play well for them to win. You just need one of them. And they both played like shit on Monday and they still won. Tyler Hero hit one big shot. And that's the type of players they have on this team. So for me, again, Miami in six, you can call me Mr. Miami from, from now on. And don't let Rob's fool you. 
Hey, all I, I ain't never said that I ain't got the Bucks winning. I'm just saying, as I said many times before, Mass can pull out the receipts. Miami is always going to be prepared, and they'll expose you if you're not ready. The Bucks will get it together, though. I have faith. Don't talk about your uh, receipts before you talk about mine. That's all. <laughs> fam, we can, well, we can pull it up, fam. They're in, the, they're in a, the archives, fam. That's a bar still. But, hey, let me just say this, right? I, too, still have uh, the Bucks winning, and it's because I, I, don't, I don't see Giannis going outside. This would be sad. This would be like I held him last part. I gave him his flowers and I said, you know, I he's an all time great already if he retired today. Right. And I still do believe that. And because of that, I'm not going to turn my back on him, even if they do go down 0-2, um, because I just feel like he is far and away the most talented player. And but let me also give Miami their flowers, because what I've seen from that team is that they're saying no. They're saying, Giannis, if, if you want to do it, you're, you're going to do it, you being a jump shooter, right? And there were so many times in that game where it would even be a fast break and Giannis has the ball. And I swear to God, there was a triple team, bro. Like, he would be running down the court with the ball in his hands. And there's three players saying, you, you, you have to come through us to get it, right? And as you guys said, like, it's going to take them, you know, the, the D. Vincenzos, Wesley Matthews, and, and, and um, Grant Hill, George Hill, sorry, to, to hit shots, to hit big threes when it matters. And I don't know if I can fully trust in them, but I believe I can fully trust in Giannis to get it done and figure out a way and prove his greatness against the odds, right? But Miami, man, they're going to be a tough out. And at the very least, even if they don't win, they're going to take their pound of flesh out of, out of the books. So we'll see. It's, it's definitely going to be an interesting series because, again, like the Bucks, I, like, I, like I don't really know what to make of them at this point because, like, again, you 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 blow through the the regular season. You you had your point differential is amazing. You're the best defensive team. Like everybody in your starting lineup plays defense. You know, you get it done, and it's just like what changed. I understand playoff basketball is different. Like schemes are are different. People had not have time to actually build a portfolio and a scouting report on your best players. And, you know, it's a different game, but like still, like they don't even look like they're coming out as a cohesive unit to play some of these games. And it's just like, I don't know what changed from the regular season to the playoffs to all of a sudden make you look like you're the best team in the regular season to run of the mill team now. Well, like I said, like the Bucks aren't malleable in the sense of they don't really change whatever they do. So like if you have a smart coach like Eric Spoltra that is going to sit and analyze, analyze it from head to toe and see how best we can put our players in the best position to beat this team, they're not going to change whatever they do. So like you're, you're always going to be able to find ways to attack them and they have the players to get it done. They have a sniper in, in, in Duncan Robinson right now. Dragic is looking like the dragon from the sun's days. Like, I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I don't know. I just... They're just well-coached, man. And I don't think the Bucks are doing anything different than they were before. I just think, again, playoff basketball, you know you see this guy four straight times at the very least, right? Coach is going to drop a big-ass playbook, a big-ass scouting report, and he's going to slap that on your desk, and he's going to tell you exactly what we're doing now. You can't do that in a regular season. You don't even have the time. But now all you do is have time. And... They're just loading up the box. He's not getting any head starts. He's not getting the chance to run at you. And when they foul him, he's not hitting his free throws either. So I think they got to use um, use something like a, either a Middleton Giannis uh, pick and roll or get some type of action to where you can get Brooke Lopez, you know, drifting off into the three-point corner or do it where you can have Giannis and, and Middleton doing a pick and roll with 
Lopez in the corner. Like, they have to figure out a way to open it up for Giannis and make them guard these other players. Like, and Brook Lopez was on fire last, last game, and he went eight for 10, and he was hitting fadeaway threes. But they also got killed on the offensive glass. There's no reason Bam should have 17 rebounds at 6'9". And I, I see Brook Lopez out there with one board. Granted. Like, co- come on. Has Brook you know, Lopez ever been a board? Yeah. You know the vibes? <laughs> nah, but come on, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're getting extra possessions, and they're, they're cashing it in. So... Hey. Giannis can't be the only one down there fighting. Hey, you, said Brooke, you said Brook Lopez top three defensive player of the year. That's what you said. Still with one board. That's what you said. He only averages four point six. So, so like, come on. Like, it's not like it's far off. That's a like, seven foot shooting guard. That's a two K player, man. Come on. <laughs> he's been that guy though for a while now. He's been that guy. He, he's never really been the boards guy in a while. Like he hasn't averaged four boards and over over five boards in a couple <laughs> years now. Like, come on. But the buck, yo, this is not changing what I'm saying, man. I'm sticking to the my my. I'm sticking to my guess, not my guess. I'm sticking to my balls. You're sounding shaky, bro. Never. Nah, it's, 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 bucks, it's bucks and six. It's, it's bucks, bucks and six. Bucks and six. Bucks and six. So if Miami, so so you're saying Miami's not winning this game? Because there's no way telling you Milwaukee's yeah, yeah, not for. I don't believe they win this game. No. Right. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 I would have allowed you to switch up, but after you came and you tried to give out your receipts before mine, I can't allow you no more. Fam, it's it's seventy seven seventy two. But I watched the first quarter and I I watched the first half and it wasn't like it all seen from the box. All right, all right, just let them let them work. Don't worry. They might have to rip off four straight. So call me wild. They might have to rip off four straight. Like I didn't, I didn't like the way they started this game. Ayo, ayo, ayo. It's a shame that we're not live because people, I would tell them, go live bet the game. Put the dollars down on Milwaukee. You see, you can't be telling you know Matt to do that. Still. You can't be playing with next Matt's money like that. Still. Just, just from when, when, tomorrow morning when they hear it, they'll, they'll hear it. So it's all good. All right. All right. We'll see. Uh, but moving on to the last matchup, probably one of the better playoff matchups I've seen in a while. We have the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz with the Nuggets coming back from 3-1 to take the season, sorry, the series lead 4-3 and ultimately close it out. A um, couple interesting topics that I want to introduce to you guys. First, we have the Murray Mitchell show. Again, I'll say this just to start it off. Like These two guys coming into the matchup, I feel like they were characterized as being certain types of players. Donovan Mitchell was kind of that guy where you didn't know whether or not he could be a true number one or masquerade as a number one. And we always talk about Jamal Murray and his inconsistencies as a player as why we never really regarded him as an all-star. But after this series, I have a whole newfound respect for these guys. Like Donovan Mitchell did everything but leave his left foot out on the court. Like, you know what I mean? And Jamal Murray did exactly the same and damn near cried at the end of of the series in an interview. So it's like, I never, I never would have expected this from these two players. And, like, for them to go at each other, put in a 40, 50-point games. Donovan Mitchell, I just read it on, on NBA Reddit saying that he had one of the best shooting playoff series ever. Uh, like, I just didn't even know what to make of it. But, like, ultimately, the better team won. Uh, I'm a bit of a homer, so I'm sad that Mitchell didn't, didn't pull it out. But um, I, have a, I definitely, definitely have to start looking at Jamal Murray differently in this series. Yeah, well, after sh- the series, I'll say. It's a shame someone had to lose. Yeah, that's kind of the biggest thing for me because, as you said, Mitchell left it all out on the floor, and I feel like the way Mitchell lost with him turning that ball over after beating the defender is just kind of it sucks. And Mitchell surprised me; he took it to a next level this series along with Jamal Murray. I think 
Mitchell, whatever max they're about to give this guy, he's earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, he he just fuck, fam, fam. He blew a three one lead though. Mm-hmm. Like everything yeah, about yeah, the series yeah. is just so conflicting, yes. fam. Hey, yo, say it with your chest, fam. He, because what did he do? Everything uh, everything yeah. about this series is just so conflicting. Because on one hand, I know he did everything he could, but at the same time, you don't go up three one and lose. Like, yeah. Regardless of the circumstances, and again. At the very end, rubber meets the road. He turned the ball over. And I don't know, man. I'd like, again, if we're talking about his play in the series, phenomenal. But I can't just gloss over the fact he blew a 3-1. You don't do that. That doesn't happen. And shout out to Jamal Murray. He left his heart out there. Jokic played big in the finals game. Um, and I think they're the better team to play the Clippers, to be honest. So here's the thing, right? I'm going to give... I'm going to give Donovan his flowers because much of that game that I watched um, yesterday, I took in Donovan was out there alone. And that was my issue going into the, going into the series in, in, in the first place. I said, I was like, I just don't see how Utah keeps up the scoring with, with Denver. But then, you know, in the early portion of the series, I'm saying, well, well, damn, like if, if Donovan's saying that I got it, then he got it. He got it. Right. But what, what happened was, Mitchell, not, not Mitchell, um, Murray said, no, I got it from here, right? So they went down 3-1, and, and Mitchell and, and, and uh, Murray went ballistic. He went insane, 50-42-50. Game seven, and then the best player in the series said, I got it from here, Jokic. And that's just what happened. Donovan Mitchell let Murray go 50-42-50, and 50, and then he left it there for Jokic to say, I got it from here. And Jokic has, been in, defense. Jokic has been in three game sevens so far. And if we go back and check the numbers, he's looking like he's one of those guys that he's ready. He's saying he's one of those guys that are saying, just get me there. If you can get me there, I'll get you out of the series and I'll get you to the next one. That's what it's looking like for me. Because the other day, the, that move he gave to seal it, to, that he gave to Goobs, a little turn around, turn around, turn around, fade away hook. Wata. It was come on, bro. Like, how do you scout for that? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you how do you see that a player can can he he was fat, he was unathletic, but he can do something like that on one of the best rim defenders in the entire league. And speaking of Googs, I also want to shout him out. That's my man's know that's my guy, right? Going into the fourth quarter, he was he had six points and four rebounds. Coming out of the game, it was nineteen and seventeen. He goddamn got fouled on that clutch dunk. Got his entire eye draped out by uh, by Mason Plumlee. They didn't call it, but he showed up. He was there. You know what I'm saying? And and granted, Mitchell got tired. He went doing. He tried his very best. I know he tried his very best. But at the end of the day, it is what it is, fam. You got outplayed. The man, the, the man who wins the game, outplayed the other player. Basic, simple stuff. You got outplayed, and then you left it there for Jokic, and he took it home. I can't really take anything away from Donovan Mitchell again. Like he did, he did what he could, man. Like and again, I'm a homer, I'm biased, but he did what he could, man. Like when you have Mike Conley going out there putting up eight points and then missing the shot, like I'm, come on, I'm like, come on. Yeah, I'm not, but yo, the thing is too. The thing is, Mike Conley's right? not supposed like, to make that. Like I, okay, I, okay, I understand that. I'm just saying that as a cherry on top, you 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 scored eight points in a, in a pivotal game and then you come out and miss a shot. Just as a cherry on top. I've heard hey, yo, it shouldn't have. It shouldn't have got to. It shouldn't have got to. Um, to a game seven. 
No, I'm not, I'm not denying that. It shouldn't have got to a game seven. They should have closed it out. And again, I'm, I'm going to hold Donovan accountable because you were up 3-1. You were having a phenomenal game. You should have closed it out. But I'm just saying, in the grand scheme of things, like he was out there alone for the most part. Gloops outperformed what I thought he was going to do in the series. So I'm going to have to give him his credit where it's due. But other than that, like, come on, like Mike Conley, you're making $30 million. What are you doing out there? And I yeah, get but we, yo, we know he's been like, washed all year, fam. So like, I don't even points? know what's the point. But eight, what's the uh, point, fam? No, I can imagine. I can imagine that Utah, like all of his teammates, at some point they think he's just gonna turn it on. You know, like I can imagine that's the sentiment. Like with a guy that we know to be that good for so long, I expect Mass to just be sitting in the huddle all year, just wondering, I, like, when is this going to hit? I don't know, man. I'd I'd be pissed. I'd be like, yo, I'd be pissed. But again, again, he he did what he could. Better man won, better team won. And again, Denver's going to go into the next series and they'll play their hearts out. But Utah has some things to do this. They said, again, they're going to give Donovan the max contract. Um, it won't kick in next year. It'll kick in the year after that just because of the way his contract, his rookie contract is going to finish. Um, so they still will have some cap flexibility so then they can reassess their roster and see exactly what they need to do moving forward. Um, but it's just sad to see them go out like that. And again, that's coming from a Donovan Mitchell fan. But uh, do you guys have anything you want to add on the series, or are we good to wrap it up today? I know we've been talking for a while. Uh, no, I think I'm good. Again, you know, it sucks someone had to lose. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Chris. No, nah, I was just going to say, yo, shout out to, shout out to Mitchell for real, man. Uh, like, you know, I came in. And I, I didn't rate him. And I seen the effort. I seen the progression. He showed me some. He definitely showed me something. And you deserve your money. So it just sucks. It sucks. But Murray, the Canadian kid, Kentucky Blue, go get two games off of the Clippers before we have to go see the Lakers. It's a big fact. And again, we'll see what happens. Playoff basketball is always interesting. You never know what can happen. Um, but moving forward, we're definitely going to come back, make sure we're giving you all the game recaps. And moving as we move progress through the playoffs, we'll also be throwing in some little twists here and there about uh, some other basketball content. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be real interesting. But for now, we're locked and loaded on the playoffs because so much is going on. We never want to miss a beat. Um, but until next time, it is the Harbor Report. I say it every time. I'm going to continue to say it. We're available on all streaming platforms. So no matter where it is, you can find us and make sure you never hoard a good thing and you go ahead and share that with all your friends. Um, aside from that, we're going to still come back to you with two, two episodes a week. Um, sticking to a, a particular schedule, so you could definitely bank on it. Add it to your schedule, time it, whatever you need to do. But, um, yeah, we've been chatting off your ear for a while now, so I think it's about the time we wrap it up. Until Bucks next and time. six. All right, Bucks and six, <laughs> Miami. So, yeah, Mr. Miami over here saying Miami and six. So um, stay tuned for our next episode. We'll see exactly what's going on. Until next time. <laughs>